Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, which is brought to you by Birch Sheet Metal, tell you more about them in a bit. Yeah, you might know that name. Uh, we're going to break down Auburn, and we are going to update. Some Josh Allen draft stock. We I thought he was disrespected yesterday. Kyle disagreed. He's getting some respect today. UK football had some turnover in the administrative department. I guess kind of coaching staff too. Um, and we'll probably talk about one or two other things because there was one headline that has a local connection uh, that people are kind of freaking out. But let's start with Auburn. Kentucky faces them on Saturday. Uh, one of the top teams in the SEC. I think in all honesty they have probably under a performed from what people thought at the beginning of the year um, but still a really great team overall and they shoot a ton of threes Kyle yeah um this is uh this is one of those danger games for Kentucky um you know Auburn was one of the co-champions in the league last year uh opened up and smashed Washington early played Duke down to the wire in Maui and got everybody's attention lost a couple games since then uh, lost a close one to NC State. Uh, had a, the eye-opening loss the other day, or a couple weeks ago now, I guess, to Ole Miss, which was the darling of the league to start out, and, and Kermit Davis, the new coach. But now Ole Miss uh, hit a little bump in the road. They got smashed by, who was it, the other night? It was the ruiner of the SEC, oh, right. LSU. We LSU, um, and I'll just go down this rant. Every year, LSU has just a ton of talent, it feels like. No matter who their coach is, no matter what season, they have bad non-conference, and I know this is kind of generic every season, uh, and you can probably point to individual years when things have gone better than this, uh, but they stink out of, out of conference. They come in a conference, they win a couple games, they have a couple upsets like they did to, to Ole Miss, and then they have a couple losses that you're just like, how did a team that has guys that are going to be in the NBA lose to uh, somebody who's at the bottom of the league? They do that, and then they'll win another big game and like knock off an Auburn uh, or they play spoiler, yeah. yeah. They just spoil everything all the year, and they're just super annoying. I bet everybody <laughs> else in the SEC, all the coaches, just hate LSU. Yeah, probably for a few reasons, but uh... we don't need to wade in those waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they have they have they have quite a bit of talent. Um, again, I mean, they've got that's what like, I'm saying. Like, Every they got year, like three five stars and four or five top fifty guys. And yeah, it's like okay, this is an NCAA tournament team, and then it's not, yes. and then it's you know almost an NCAA tournament team, but not, but knocks yeah. off three or four of the top teams and takes down a peg of you know cost cost teams a, a, maybe a seed line, yes. or you know cost some of the other bubble teams in the league. They'll knock a couple of those off and knock them out completely. So uh, yes, I agree that LSU is kind of just a spoiler. It's always a you know they. Seem like every year or every other year they scare, give Kentucky a scare. Mm -hmm. uh, I I will never forget. I my wife's company. We go on the annual an annual trip with her uh, company. If she has a good year, uh, they send us to Mexico. It's really cool. Um, and so every it's a horribly time, but I'm not gonna like not go with her. It's always in uh, uh, like the first or second week of February, so in the middle of basketball season. I usually try to time it so my part of it. Sometimes I come back early just to miss one game. But the, the 2015 year when they were going for an undefeated season, it was the LSU game on the road that I missed. And I'm like, and all the TVs in Mexico only show soccer on ESPN. 
And so I'm there's a bunch because there's a bunch of people from the region uh, there with us. There are a bunch of Kentucky fans. So it's me and a bunch of Kentucky fans huddled over a table at this really nice restaurant at this resort we were at, uh, watching just the uh, the like play by play update on the ESPN app and thinking like, oh my gosh, they're going to lose. And I knew I had sent uh, Steve Jones, who used to work with me at the Courier Journal, took my place down there, and he was having a panic attack because he was going to be the guy who hadn't covered the team all year and then had to write the Kentucky loses story. Uh, and that was the game that Carl Towns uh, made the face behind Calipari after because he got, what, like a tech for hanging on the rim Yes, uh, down there. We're, we're totally off track, but that um, I'll, I'll never forget that LSU game because um, I was like – I've never watched a game like that, quote unquote, watch just the entire, literally the entire game by a tracker on my phone, just for from stats, or felt like more as if I had uh, blown my work duties <laughs> if I, if they had lost that game. So anyway, they didn't. But the LSU is always a challenge for for a lot of teams, but never it feels like never quite, you know, good enough. Yes. to represent the league um, in March. But so anyway, back to Auburn. Uh, let's roll. Auburn through. lost to Ole Miss, who went to went on to lose by like twenty, right? To yeah. LSU, I don't know the I exact score, but they handled. was it was it uh, it wasn't out of reach. I don't think LSU was ever in in trouble during uh, that game. Uh, let's so let's roll down some of Auburn's players. Let's name the guys you probably know: Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, Austin Wiley. Uh, Bryce Brown's averaging sixteen point two points per game. He's their leading scorer, uh, and Jared Harper's averaging fifteen point one points. Both of those guys are shooting. Really, really well from behind the arc. Brown shooting 37.8%, and Harper is just a touch over 40%. Uh, so both of those guys make a lot of their hay shooting threes. Well, between which, them, they average uh, like six and a half made threes a game. Made threes a game. Yeah, so, and, and 16 attempts per game. That's what Calipari said I mean, they, the other they day. They jacked. I mean, okay. that's just those two guys averaging 16 attempts. I mentioned that on the last podcast when Calipari was talking about guys averaging over 15 threes a game. He was talking about the two players, not one, because as I said yesterday, I thought that would be pretty crazy if one guy jacked 15 threes a game. But between those two guys taking, taking about 16, that makes, makes a little bit more sense. Um, and so, obviously, that's the key matchup, Kyle. Do you think the kind of the Kentucky's, uh, it's not a trend because it's been a game and a half against right. Georgia and Vandy, not the best competition, but they made those teams take tough threes and held them um, under even their season averages in the second half of the Vandy game and the whole Georgia game. Do you think Kentucky's going to be able to at least slow Auburn down a little bit from behind the arc? I sort of suspect that Auburn will come out and hit 10 or 12 threes. I mean, they're averaging 30 and a half attempts per game from three. You know, Cal, that's like Cal's favorite thing to say about a team they they shoot if they come out and shoot 33s well they like they definitely will they they always shoot about 33s a game um they've got guys who can make them they've got multiple guys who can make them and i just feel like this feels like one of those games whether kentucky wins it or loses it that that atmosphere is going to be crazy yes uh auburn uh it's a, one of the like probably the hidden gems in the league like it's like a little miniature NBA arena yes. since they uh, redid it. Auburn Arena is beautiful. Uh, it's pretty small, but it's really, really nicely done, and it gets loud as hell when Kentucky comes to town. I think that environment, I think having a bunch of veteran guys who've played Kentucky and that like it matters to them, they'll you know we'll see that sort of standard Kentucky effect, and somebody on that team will come out and probably light it up. Brown would be a good guess, probably, or Harper. 
the guy I'm interested, really interested in is Austin Wiley, who is a player that I was hugely high on last summer when he was out in Colorado with, was that last summer now? Or summer I think it was before? two summers oh, Two ago. summers ago. Yeah, because he missed all last the, season. The summer before last season uh, with Team USA. Uh, I was out there for a week watching them train, and he was just a man-child. And, uh, you know, Cal Perry was sort of in awe of him, and then he had both injury and NCAA issues last year and, and, and what had been a promising year for him sort of didn't happen. And that to me made what Auburn did last year, even more incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had this, this remarkable season shared the sec championship, uh, got a high seed in the NCAA tournament, um, without Austin Wiley and without Purifoy. Yes. Um, who's not really done anything since coming back. He's kind of buried on the bench. Wiley has done a little bit. He's now played in 15 games and started five. Um, you know, he had a couple big games. He had a, I think he had like 17 against Duke. He had 18 in a, another early season game. Kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but he's still he's averaging like 10 points and six rebounds. Uh, he's a guy who, if he's playing at his best, can certainly challenge Kentucky's big guys physically inside. And we talk again about the like, is Nick Richards really important? It certainly could be if Austin Wiley gets going in that game, but I also think I also think that's a good, a solid game for Reed Travis because he's the physically mature guy who could get in there and collide with Austin Wiley, um, who you know Wiley's not necessarily like a super explosive athlete. Um, he's more of a bulldozer like like Reed Travis. So uh, I think Kentucky's got answers for him, but I'm I you know I'm really curious how he'll play because that's one of those guys too. You know, we talk about Kentucky effect. A lot of times, it's a guy who's a marginal pro prospect, but wants to wants to make it, wants to make his announcement to NBA scouts mm-hmm. that he's legit. There is no better game for a lot of guys than Kentucky, uh, and that would be true in this game. For you know, Austin Wiley's pro stock right now is not very high, but if he comes out and can show well against these guys, or at least in his mind, probably he's thinking that um, maybe that changes. So I, I will be certainly keeping an eye on Austin Wiley. Coming up next, I want to mention one more of Auburn's big guys, and then we will shift to Josh Allen. But now it is time to tell you a little bit more about Birch Sheet Metal and Building Supply. Yes, that is my father's company. But if you need metal roofing or siding, you don't need to pay lumber yard prices. You can go direct to where it is made. Uh, they have 29-gauge, 40-year warranty painted metal in 14 different colors, and all of it is cut to order. They also have white number two. If you're looking to line the inside of a building um, or just do some kind of outbuilding projects, they have that. And along, and also the Galvalume, which is kind of the classic thing when you think of uh, metal roofing. Uh, they've got screws and custom trim to match, bubble insulation, permafelt, sliding door track, aluminum frame rails, and all the hardware. Uh, plus, all steel walk doors and windows. You can call them uh, for a free estimate, 859-485-1928. Check out their website, birchsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H, just like my name, uh, .com. They are in Walton, Kentucky, which is up Interstate 75 from Lexington. Um, So you you can go and look up their address. It's 13113 Apex Drive in Walton. So you can see if if they're close enough for you to go check them out uh, in person. Uh, So give them a call or check out their website, birchsheetmetal.com, 859-485-1928. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. So, Kyle, the last guy I wanted to mention, which is, he was super interesting to me, is Anthony McLemore. And when you look at his stats, nothing super impressive beside the fact that he's averaging 
1.8 blocks per game, and he's only and he's doing it in 18 in less than 19 minutes. Uh, yeah, that that blocks per 40 number would be pretty high. And Wiley, who we didn't mention this part of his game, is doing something similar. He's averaging 1.9 blocks a game in 17.4 minutes. So that's even more impressive. So that furthers your point of dudes, big guys down low that are able to block shots. Uh, Mac got three in Chuma Okiki, who was another guy that really impressed me out at USA camp. Okiki. (laughs) Do you love me? Those those three guys each have at least 20 blocks. Um, Wiley and McLemore each have 28. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a threat. McLemore is a guy who got hurt last season, Mm -hmm. uh, is sort of making his comeback. He was another it's another thing that you go like how in the world did they end up as a within a share for the league title without Wiley without Purifoy uh and then with McLemore getting injured so that to me was really impressive um he's back I don't know I I haven't watched them enough to know if he's you know is he all the way back or still sort of trying to recover from that get back to full form he started 11 games uh but either Either they're so deep that they're managing his minutes because of that, or they're kind of taking it slow with him when you look at that minutes per game total. Yeah, uh, so that's just another guy to keep an eye on with Auburn. Uh, I think, as I mentioned on the last podcast, Kyle and I will both be at the game, so to be sh- be sure to follow along with us for updates on Twitter um, and, and then post-game comments as well. All right, let's switch to some football real quick. couple notes. One, Mel Kuyper put some respect on Josh Allen's name. Kyle, yeah. Even though it's not enough, because the fraud Nick Bosa is still number one. Is <laughs> I'm gonna get on. I mean, is it, that's how to properly do like sports talk, right? That's right. You, start, you just you just, just trash on, a get guy on a tweeter and say say that uh, Nick Bosa is trash. Put out an audio clip. <laughs> Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is no, trash. He's fraud. a fraud. I'm, I'm, that's, that's and a, trash. A fraud. Tr- trash fraud. Um, but so Bosa's one, and then Allen's two on Kuiper's big board to the 49ers. That's. That's kind of, I guess, heady, heady company. That's some impressive pretty, stuff. I mean, you know, again, they're going to be people, be people, mostly Kentucky fans and Josh Allen's family members and himself that are like, I can't believe you'd pick anybody over him. But if that dude goes number two or three in the draft, uh, he's gotten plenty of respect. And as yeah. I said on the last one, when he was 10th in somebody's McShay, I think. That's incredible. I mean, that is that that is, it looks like it's really going to happen, like that it is solidifying that he's a top 10 pick, probably a top five pick, maybe a top two pick um, for a guy who was a no-name, nothing, nobody recruit that literally nobody wanted, Monmouth wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it's worth saying again, that Kentucky doesn't have probably, if they just don't have a bunch of decommitments in the class. That was the year that they had the mass exodus. Everybody was jumping ship, um, and they had spots to fill late in the class. Had they not had spots to fill, I don't think they would have just gone like, "Oh, Josh Allen's a guy we got to have." Yep. So. so that's almost a total stroke of luck, really. Um, and then that you hear dude, that Mark Stoops, that dude, but did but his development was not. Maybe. And uh, man, if he's the number two pick, that is just that that is from two star to number two pick. That would be a nice some 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 impressive symmetry. That would be a good way to kind of put a bow on the story. And uh, I think I think uh, Sports Illustrated had theirs today, and he was like number seven. So I mean, he's he's going to be a top ten pick. In Kuiper's big board four, we well, we mentioned Bozo was one, uh, but the rest of the top five are all 
SEC guys. Kuiper has Quinnen Williams going to the Jets. Greedy Williams going to the Raiders. What and, a great name, Greedy. Yeah, that's a good name for a guy in the secondary. Is he a corner? Yeah, he's a corner. I think. I, yeah, I th- he's listed as a corner here. I feel like he might have played a little safety at some point. But and then number five, Jonah Williams uh, from Bama going to the Bucks. So SEC, not surprisingly, getting a bunch of top picks in the NFL draft again. The other football note. Uh, Kentucky's director of recruiting, E.K. Franks, is expected to become the assistant athletic director for football at Troy. Uh, Franks, of course, uh, was just a one-year on the job uh, for Mark Stoops. Uh, Before he came to Kentucky, he served as director of player personnel at Florida and at Arkansas. He had previously served as associate head coach and running backs coach at Southern Louisiana and had been on staff at Wisconsin, Kansas, and Delta State. So kind of seems like E.K. Franks has successfully made the transition into the administrative role uh, in some football departments, which seemed to be, looked like it was his goal. So I guess that partially probably had something to do with the fact that Neil Brown maybe moved on and they were looking to get another football guy uh, in the building down at Troy. So there is your first staff departure. We'll find out, I guess, in the upcoming weeks if it is the only staff departure. I think there are going to be a lot of guys that are going to be after some on Mark Stoops staff. And Kyle agrees with his silence. Oh, yes. I thought we were going to something else. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I'm uh, curious to see. Uh, I mean, we haven't gotten news of a, of a new Eddie Grand contract yet. Not, we? No, we have not. I mean, I assume, you know, him saying whatever he said, whatever that tweet was, I'm here or whatever, I'm here to stay, whatever he said, in response to the Georgia rumors, means that they've got a deal hammered out. Uh, I guess it doesn't mean necessarily that somebody else couldn't come along and still try to get him. Seems like though, probably that's, that is one guy they don't have to worry about now, but yeah, I would think, um, I think there would be, you know, it's interesting. I I wonder like John Schlarman, were he not having some medical uncertainty, um, would he be on would his he way be well, I mean would he would people just be beating down his door right now because well, I mean, there's a he guy. went from a guy that people were really frustrated with three years ago to the last two years they've put together one of the best offensive lines in the country um and one of the best obviously that means obviously one of the best in the SEC and that that's so 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 important it's one of the key things to competing in this league is having uh, guys up front who can get it done. Uh, and you don't, you know, Benny was great, but you don't do what they've done in the ground game without a really good offensive line. And you saw Bunchy Stallings make some All-America teams. Uh, you know, Drake Jackson is a guy that is, I think, going to be probably, he might be on some preseason all this and that teams next year. You get Landon Young back. I mean, he, he's brought in a ton of talent on that line. Um, so depending on, you know, I would say depending on his health status, if maybe that has solidified or does soon, he, he, to me, of the guys that I would be looking to come poach, I would say off of Mark Stoop's staff, John Schlarman would be high. Uh, I would say um, Brad White. Brad White is probably the highest. Yeah. Especially after what he's done with Josh Allen, or at least the perception of what he's done. And I don't, I think it's more than perception. I think they brought in a guy who works with that position in the NFL and he trained him up <laughs> like an NFL player. Um, and when you look at how quickly some of the young players that they had this year were contributing and producing and, and how bright the future looks there, 
I mean, I'd be shocked if people don't come after him. Yep. And, and I think that would be one. That would be a huge loss for Kentucky. Yep. And I if agree. I were, if I was Mark, I would absolutely look to go back to the NFL to replace him. That that, that because you know you think about that's a position where they've made a reputation now that they can get guys to the league and guys are coming here with that in mind. I would stick with guys who have an NFL pedigree and can teach it. And also hope that he never stops trying to get Ed Reed. Like, I know he's tried, legitimately tried to get him. And I hope he keeps trying because it would be really cool for Ed Reed to be here. It would be like, that would be wild. That would One be of the wild. greatest defensive backs in history um, here as a coach. And he's the coolest looking, like, gray headed dude ever. He's like, Ed Reed's like, old man now he's got gray gray beard gray hair but he's like he looks really cool he looks like uh he's sort of like the the idris alba of football dudes i don't even know if i said that guy's name right but uh i have no idea he's a smooth cat and he and mark are still like super close um i think he reached out to him last year and and it seems like ed's happy doing whatever he's doing right now but all right Ed Reed is forty years old, and Kyle's over here calling him. Golly, really? Well, he's gray. Have you? Are you seeing pictures of him? I'm not. No, I mean, I'm looking him up, but I can't find any current pictures. Coming up next, uh, I, what do we got to talk about left? Oh, I have to do finally wrap up a promise I made on the last podcast that I missed. Uh, we need to give some shout outs and then a national story that has local ties that a lot of people are kind of freaking out about. But first. Let me tell you guys about Roman. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medications right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, and no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You're going to handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com locked. Fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked out by a doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really easy, so take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash locked. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N dot com slash locked. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, so the I, I missed on the last segment of yesterday's podcast, I said we had to update Ashton Haggins because he got a steal after the box score was had already been emailed to us, so in, be the, he's going to set the school record in additional steals <laughs> after the fact. Well, he's already got two this <laughs> yeah. season, right? Or is it three? Yeah. Did he get two at Chicago or just one? Just one. Okay, he had seven, and then they gave him the the eighth, which tied the record. Yeah, and yeah. Then he had three and ended up with four in this game. There we go. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's the update on Higgins that I mentioned yesterday and didn't get to. Uh, I, I don't know about like the. The thing that Chicago was, that kind of was a mess with the box score. I think he may have had not. There was a, I know for a fact, the plays in question, there was a ninth, in fact, that he could have gotten that would have given him the standalone that that they reviewed and decided not to count. Did you Uh, say knife? Ninth, a ninth. (laughs) N-I-N-T. I I can't, I apparently have a lisp. Um, A knife is a ninth 
assist that they looked at, or sorry, steal that they looked at. I think, I can't remember if they left it as a block, because that was a game he also had a couple yes, blocks. Yes. I thought I, there were a I couple times, because I do believe the one they gave him was one that had been credited as a block mm-hmm. and got switched and became mm-hmm. a steal, and then there was another one later. Um, it doesn't really matter. Either way, uh, the dude is putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, it's sort of unfortunate for him that he didn't even just have like a like an like an okay stretch of steals early in the season because th- at that point he would be like because he really didn't do anything in the first six or seven games. Yes, this whole bender. I think he's up to thirty six on the season, but he's got twenty five in the last six games. Um, so that That's means in the good. first ten games he had about eleven. That's pretty um, good. But if he can stay on this pace, it doesn't. It's not going to matter because he's like. He may roar back into the uh, school record conversation. Yes. I, I have looked at that so many times and thought, like, that's one of those sneaky little, when you talk about, like, record, school records that'll never be broken. That one, Rondo's 87 in 34 games. Has it felt for a while like it might be one that might not be broken, but I, I, if anybody's going to do it, it's probably going to be this kid. All right, let's get to some people who tweeted us. We asked yesterday, if you're listening to us in some cool spots, let us know. Kyle got actually one that he needs to look up right now. The one that's in yeah, the... Yeah, uh, get that up and then read it, but I'll, I'll read the other ones we got. Kevin tweeted us and said, I'm a daily listener to Locked On Kentucky here in Atlanta. Thanks for the show. Nice to have another way to stay close to UK sports. Daniel, who we mentioned on yesterday's show, said thanks for the shout-out. If you're not listening to Locked On, you're missing the best UK podcast around. I tend to agree with that. Um, and then Kyle got, of course, the most impressive one. Michael W. Nicholson uh, at Dr. Nicholson, D-R underscore Nicholson. Shout out from Nairobi, Kenya. I listen to you all every day here for 7 p.m. games, which end around sunrise for me. Your podcast usually drops in time for my morning commute. And then he said Asante. And I don't know what that means. But How do you spell it? it like, hold, on, you? hold on. How do you spell it? A-S-A-N-T-E. Ashanti is a great R&B singer. Right. I assume it means like thank you. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I'm not seeing anything. Hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a different, a different. I mean, f you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck. Just kidding. <laughs> it means like it's one of those. It's one word, and it means like a whole sentence. Like yeah. just kidding, a hole. All right. The final note before we get out of here, I did just want to mention this because it has ties to Kentucky. Adam Gazoria tweeted out a Zagoria tweeted out. Here's an email telling video outlets they must pay $3,500 to film the Mellow Ball and Spire Academy this weekend in Kentucky. And yes, that's what the email he then put a picture on says. And I would just say this, we don't need to go down the ball path because Kyle doesn't like the Ball family and we don't need to spend a ton of time on them. But I will say this, when you look at those kind of schools, and this is just a ridiculous ask off the top, uh, but people complain about AAU all the time. But when you look at these quote-unquote schools and prep schools and academies, I think there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on there that people are just try- that just kind of get glazed over in a lot of instances. So when people get mad about stuff, I think sometimes they just like to find one scapegoat, and AAU is simple and easy to remember, and prep schools are just as bad, if not worse, in some instances. I would say worse. That's uh, fair enough. Yeah, having been up at the NCAA offices, I've mentioned this a couple times, having just some kind of uh, not-for-the-record conversations, but just as background, there's definitely a major concern up there in these basically, you know, diploma factory schools that open up. I mean, these ridiculous things that open up as like, you know, 
rainbow truffle <laughs> school of uh, God of faith healing, you know, <laughs> water walkers academy. You know, it's ridiculous. And the, and like the, gotta, a lot of times the same people will reopen the same school under yes. different names. And like the fact that this ball kid can be playing any kind of high school, quote unquote, high school basketball is absurd. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, amateurism, they're, they're flatly charging money, thousands of dollars to videotape him. Yes. Like that dude, I can't see how he could be eligible to play college basketball. I don't think he will be. I don't think it'll matter. Uh, yeah, I agree. Whatever. Uh, this, but uh, yeah, by the way, how, ways twelve. I found on a list called twelve ways to say thank you in Swahili. Number one is Asante. Okay, it is so, Asante. So thank you is what I he look, said at the end. Thank I, you for listening all the way in Nairobi, Kenya. That is incredible. That is like I, it's got to be our furthest flung. That's a challenge if you listen to the podcast. Uh, yeah. Are you? Are you? Is there anyone out there listening from farther away than Nairobi, than Nairobi Kenya? I look forward to opening Asante uh, Prep School. Yes, Asante <laughs> Christ Rock Prep. <laughs> Be on the lookout for that. Uh, thanks again to this edition's sponsor, Birch Sheet Metal. Check out them at birchsheetmetal.com. Uh, as I mentioned, follow Kyle and I for updates at Auburn, live from Auburn. I am on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. At Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Tweet all your where you're listening from tweets at Locked On UK. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. However, and wherever you're listening, please subscribe, rate, and then review. And then most importantly, share it with somebody else who would enjoy this podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, I was trying not to look at you. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, I'm just going to turn and face the other way. All right. <clears throat>